Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL Free Agency Frenzy with Bitley and Murata Mornings. Yeah, free agent frenzy uh, in Arizona has had a little different uh, meaning than around the league. A flurry, no doubt about it, of activity in the first few days and now day two of the official league year. Cardinals mostly have dabbled in re-signings. Uh, Kaiser White was one of those players they brought in from the outside, the linebacker from Philadelphia. He's going to plug in and play a prominent role in this defense as they switch to a 4-3 under Nick Rollis. Uh, but a lot of other uh, the, the signings, Calvin Beecham coming back, Will Hernandez, Ezekiel Turner, there hasn't really been much in terms of those high-profile signings. And I think one of the things people were waiting for, Bick, was with the reality in front of the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is on the shelf. He is rehabbing. He's not going to be ready, most likely, to start the season. Uh, What are you going to do at the quarterback position? And I know that Colt McCoy, over the last couple of seasons for the Cardinals, under a different coaching regime, has done a admirable job of holding down that position. But Colt McCoy, I think, was very much a Cliff Kingsbury coaching staff kind of guy. And we have questions about Colt McCoy's health as well. So one of the names that made a lot of sense for people was a guy who does this for a living, and that's Jacoby Brissett. He kind of just goes where where the work is and just kind of fills in and does a job. They should call him Jacoby Bridgesett. (laughs) <laughs> because he bridges to the next quarterback. Yes, and he did that last Jacobi year in Cleveland. reset. I like that, too. And a connection with Drew Petzing from their time in Cleveland together, the new offensive coordinator of the Cardinals, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Jacoby Brissett reportedly signing with the uh, Washington Commanders. So what happens now? Do you think the Cardinals are going to just put this on, on the Colt McCoy plate? I think they're going to push Kyler Murray to get back. I, I mean, I don't know what to expect now because there's not a lot left in the veteran quarterback market, quite honestly. There was yeah, – listen, no, I, I think uh, – my, my thoughts on this are um, when it comes to this rebuild and the tone of this rebuild and the way it looks, bringing in um, an established quarterback to make the Cardinals competitive in the first two months of the upcoming season would seem to me to be very low on the priority list. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're looking for somebody to really challenge Kyler Murray, maybe give you um, a quarterback to um, take away the comfort zone of Kyler Murray, unless you are really looking to create a different dynamic at that position, I'm not sure they're going to do anything at all. I, I'm not sure they're not just going to say, "Okay, let's just go see." Because I think there's also, I think there's also a hope, Vinny. Because timetables are nothing but just numbers. I, I think there's a hope that that Kyler Murray is going to kill this rehab, metaphorically speaking, and and, and get back sooner rather than later. Miss two games only, maybe. Yeah, Missed there's three games, be, maybe. Yeah, I, I know. I know that some people in his camp are kind of floating that a little bit. That man, he is getting after it. Don't be surprised if you see him sooner rather than later. Yeah, and maybe that, you know, the behavior or, you know, the lack of activity we're seeing from the Cardinals on that particular position is an indication of how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that the Cardinals are, are pretty tight-lipped with, with their information. They like to keep things close to the vest, keep it in-house. So uh, maybe Kyler Murray is mm-hmm. knocking this out of the park. Well, and again, it, 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 at least he's applying himself, and, and he's doing – he seems to be very, very diligent about this. This is a challenge he has never taken on before. Now, keep in mind, if you're a Kyler Murray and you're 
you're a high school phenom in Texas, there could be nothing, there could be very few things that would be more mind-blowing to me than being a high school kid and then being revered as one of the greatest in the history of the state of Texas. Okay, so at that point in time, you could understand why Kyler Murray would develop this it's easy kind of mentality. He's a baseball star. He's drafted by the A's. He goes number one overall. He wins a Heisman. So all of this stuff seems to come easy to him. This injury is something he's never had before. He's never been derailed like this. True. So who knows what it's doing for him? Yeah. Who knows how it's how it's motivating him? Yeah, Cardinals also, uh, you know, getting the news earlier this week. Zach Allen moving on to Denver. Byron Murphy, the cornerback, signing on with the Minnesota Vikings. And the numbers on the Murphy deal aren't exactly what was initially reported. And I know we have a promo running and us reacting to that news, two years, $22 million. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even that much, Bick. No. The no. numbers that came out, uh, the updated numbers on Murphy's deal with Minnesota, two years, $17.5 million, $12.6 million guaranteed, $7 million signing bonus. Uh, and there's, you know, there's uh, bonuses worked in for, mm-hmm. for, for performance and whether or not he makes a Pro Bowl or All-Pro uh, team. That makes it even more frustrating. If the Cardinals were in the business of we want to bring Byron Murphy back and he left and the price tag was that affordable, that's got to be frustrating. But if you're in the business of overhauling the culture dramatically entirely from ground up and you've got a guy like Byron Murphy Jr. who doesn't want to be here, what do you do then? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question that we don't know. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And that seems to make sense. But then you don't, I, I, you don't play in that neighborhood, I guess. And people now, will Zach say, "Well, Allen's a different story." To me, I think there's, I think there's a little, I think there's a little separation between these two guys. Um, and, and again, I've, I haven't talked to Byron Murphy Jr. recently, so I don't know firsthand directly from him. But just in kind of what's floating around, I think this is an element. I think if if the Cardinals did want to 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 retain Byron Murphy Jr., I, I think there would be conversations. And and if and if he's a guy that didn't really want to be here or wanted to be elsewhere, um, then I think that would kind of change the way a new regime might look at it. Because how do you create a new culture if you sort of, you know, trying to bend a guy's will? Guy doesn't want to be here. That's I I think and I'm not absolving it. I'm just saying I think that element is unique to the Byron Murphy Jr. thing. Yeah. And that, you know, on the on the offensive side of the ball, a couple of the players that they bought brought back, uh, Beecham and Hernandez on the offensive line, guys that obviously want to be here. Uh, mm-hmm. and Kelvin Beecham was the surprise yeah. of the two. Not that he didn't want to be here. I was just reserved to the fact that he was going to be gone. Byron Murphy Jr., by the way, I tweeted out yesterday morning, back in that purple with a purple heart. Well, So he gets to wear the Washington purple again now with the Vikings. Here's, here's the other thing that I thought about. Um, so uh, uh, some somebody on social media, I forget who it was, but tweeted out um, a video of the Miami Dolphins training facilities. And they are insane. And the video just is like, look at what Dolphins players, look at where they get to go to work. And I thought, okay, this is right This is right in line with where Cardinal, where people are taking pot shots at the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. We told you about the cheap shot taken at them yesterday from Pro Football Talk. You gotta ask yourself, if you if if you are trying to build a championship team, can you do it from guys who care about amenities at a facility? And again, that's the I, most important thing. If mean? that's if that's the deciding factor for a football player, the football players you win championships with, they'd work out at the local YMCA. 
And they probably yeah. are when they're not at the facility. I no, get, yes. I get what you're saying, a but rock quarry. Try to right? put it into terms that we're more familiar with. If you get two job offers and and you know the, the pay is the same, and one has this palatial office setting gives you free lunch. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna feed you every day. <laughs> you know where Jared's you. Jared's you. like you don't even have to pay I me. I got you, Vinny. <laughs> I hear you. But Jared gets where I'm going. Could you yep. imagine if this place of this company docked Jared for food? Jared, we're going to charge you refrigerator space for that hand fruit of yours every day. 35 cents coming off your paycheck. It's <laughs> nearly halfway. <laughs> it's not hand fruit time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Text Valley to 62620. Become a Phoenix Suns insider to get all the latest and breaking news on the Suns and their quest for an NBA championship. Once again, that's Valley to 620-620. Coming up next, a difference maker potentially in the Western Conference standings in the NBA. Has learned his lesson, but he's going to have to wait a while to uh, apply those lessons. We'll get into that and more next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata Mornings. I feel like in the past we didn't we didn't know what was at stake. And now, you know, finally me having that time um, to, you know, realize everything, have that time alone, I realize that now. I realize, you know, what I have to lose. And I can't wait to be back out there on the floor now, you know, knowing what my punishment is and you know, I accept that and you know, I feel like I deserve, you know, that punishment for, you know, my mistakes and you know what I did. But um, when I get back out there, you know, I'm gonna be ready to go and ready, you know, push for a ring. That is John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. He sat down with an exclusive uh, for an exclusive interview with ESPN's Jalen Rose, talking about now he realizes what he has to lose, which is kind of one way to look at things. At the heart of it. Uh, John Morant is still a very young man, 23 years old, has had great success already in his career on the court, uh, and now making amends and, and, and paying his penalties for some really questionable decisions. And that interview comes on the same day, Bick, that the NBA has a hands out an eight game suspension on top of the time already missed for John Morant. Mm. And I wonder what the repercussions of that are inside the Memphis Grizzlies organization. There were reports that before the video came out in question from from the the strip club in Denver, that Stephen Adams, one of the the, the veteran leaders of the Grizzlies, had talked to that team and said, we got to button things up on the road. And... You know, after that meeting, John it was that Mar- day, right? Yeah, I think John Morant makes the decision. Hey, grab my, grab a gun. Let's go to the strip club and, and post videos yeah, from it. Right, and the fact that Memphis is still very mm-hmm. much in the thick of the top of the Western Conference is, I standings. Didn't, I didn't expect them to be playing as well as they've had without Brandon Clark and and Stephen Adams. I did not expect for them to be playing with the amount the amount of fervor yeah, that they have. Credit to them for that. Yeah. So the, so the question becomes really now is is does what Adam Silver have you ever seen this guy Jerry is what Adam wow. Silver is saying kind of lining up with what John Moran is John Moran just a kid who kind of started to really kind of love all the stuff that comes along with being a an NBA superstar rolling in more money than he's ever seen in his life he's got his crew with him he's got his dad did things just kind of get out of control with John Moran and is this sort of the thing that okay here John hey, look here's a mirror take a look what do you think 
is is that this or is this is this the first time is this like sort of a first time offense sort of a little slap on the wrist and and John Rand's going okay that was easy I I don't know I I don't know enough about the kid to guess but I yeah. do, but I do know that the 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 level of the things that he has engaged in recently they all kind of go they're all flowing in the same direction and it's the wrong direction from getting in fights with kids. To causing scenes at malls, to the situation with his firearms, his, his buddies with the the, the laser pointer, the, the laser the, pointers the felt that it was a gun being it, pointed exactly. at them. I know that exactly. the situation is different with the guns, but the gun incident essentially ended Gilbert Arenas's career, mm-hmm. who who was an all star great player. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know how you don't see that as such a cautionary tale. That you could throw away a, a great career like that. Yeah. yeah, and I want to clarify something I said. Uh, it's not eight games on top of time already no, no, missed. It's time served. Time served. Mm-hmm. So he's eligible to come back on the twentieth, which is Monday. Three more games. But right? Taylor yeah. Jenkins has said he's not going to play on Monday. So I, I think the Grizzlies are going to be a little cognizant that this can't look too weird. That we're just rushing them right back. That we don't care about this kid at all. Um, I don't. They know. probably would have a different stance had the team not picked up in his absence, though. Like you said, they've played very well in his absence, despite missing some key players. If they were circling I, the drain, like a lot of people expected them to, I think they probably would run. I, listen, back. I I was of the belief that this team could not win a championship without Stephen Adams on the inside. People have said that this team is better without him; that they're faster and they're just better. And so again, I don't know enough about him. No, I just know that this is part of in the air with John Morant. Grizzlies. The, yeah. sun, the Suns have lost ground on the Grizzlies mm-hmm. during this they suspension. Have. They have. Yeah. Uh, here's John Morant talking with uh, Jalen Rose about his conversation with Adam Silver. Have you seen this guy, Jared? Pretty much, you know, an open discussion. Obviously, you know, he said things, you know, I need to, you know, be better at, but, you know, more of just, you know, showing his support towards me. And I accepted that. And, you know, I also, you know, sent my apologies, you know, to everybody, you know, the league, you know, myself, my teammates, my family for, you know, putting that negativity towards all of us with a you know, bad decision. Yeah, I'm curious to see what uh, John Moran is like when he gets back and, mm-hmm. and how motivated he is. Um, you know, and if it took well, something like this to, for him to realize what was at stake, both team-wise and personal-wise, personal, personal wise, I mean, he's sitting on a winning lottery ticket. He hasn't signed that big contract extension yet. That's true. That's true. I mean, he's going to be making $40 million yeah. a year. Well, and again, and I think that he's had a lot of people talk to him, and I think he's had a lot of people talk sincerely and with heartfelt messages to him because many people, longtime basketball veterans, have seen this story before many times. Different iterations, different names, but guys who come from nothing and and squander the opportunity. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. And John Moran is such a talent. I mean, he's unbelievably good, yeah. and, and he's got an unbelievable following and maybe it all just got to his head eddie johnson tweeted at him a few days ago and i thought it was great advice that ej gave me basically said listen if if you're off really committing to change make sure the people around you are doing the same because you can't go through what you're going through and then come back to the same crew pulling you down it's great yeah uh, great advice if they're not changing you're just setting yourself up for another situation exactly uh, the Los Angeles Lakers had been resurgent last night after uh, you know Anthony Davis had a monster game. He doesn't play in the second half of a back-to-back. They lose on the road 
to the Houston uh, Rockets, 114 to 110. Darvin Ham talked about non-existent energy, but here's a team that's chasing a playoff spot, and they rest their best healthy player I, in Anthony is, Davis. Listen, I, I, I don't know what to, th- what to think of this because I don't like the Lakers, so I don't want anything good to happen to them. But at the same time, this story makes me so freaking angry. A basketball team that is that is rallying late, that knows if they get in and get into a decent position, LeBron James is going to join them, and they really have a shot at being a surprise story in the Western Conference. You're going to play a real bad team in the Houston Rockets. You mean to tell me the rules of load management are so inviolate in the NBA that a team competing for a playoff berth on the brink, in a state of desperation, still has to honor not playing a guy in the second of a back-to-back? If that's the case, we've lost the thread in the NBA. It is gone. I have, I have the solution. You want to hear my solution? It's radical. Contracts, whatever your contract is for your yearly salary, it's divided by 82. You don't play, you don't get paid. <laughs> game checks. <laughs> Literal, though. Yeah, game checks. Let's do it NFL style. Ooh. Nope. <laughs> That'll never. I mean, no, it'll wow, never happen. No, listen, I don't know what the NBA is doing. How strong they are. Checks. They're That's, strong. That is interesting. Because there are players who do get injured and yes. you need to take time. But but that's interesting. It would just create another category of, of fudging the truth. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, oh, my. Can you That would be the return that? of tendinitis. Back in the day, it used to be tendinitis. If a guy who's fully healthy can't say, you know what, forget these stupid rules. I'm playing. For Anthony Davis to not stand on a table and go, forget this. What do you think Chris Paul would do in that situation? It, that story just makes me so angry, yet happy at the same time. Well, they they did make uh, some some. They're projecting or, or proposing a new rule that you can't win awards unless you play in so many games. I don't know how that addresses the, the, the level problem. this league has to go. The gymnastics mm-hmm. it has to perform to get guys to play basketball. Yeah. Texture on in the off season, they're playing every day. Text your thoughts <laughs> to the FanDuel text line to 620-620 right now. It is open. We'll hit the big stories of the day next with Sarah Cazell. She takes us through the Rush Hour reboot. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Rush Hour reboot. Rush Hour reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting, Arizona built. For America's dreams. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot, everyone. Here on Bickley Emirata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the time of day where we get you caught up on everything you need to know. A very basketball-heavy reboot today, for obvious reasons. I'm Sarah Cazell, taking you through the top stories with Dan Bickley. Hey! With a jubilant Vince Murata. I went to Arizona State! Right. I'm a sun devil, man! That's right. And Jarrett Carlin. Follow us, you absolute losers. <laughs> Yes, that was our call yesterday to uh, to ask you to follow yeah. us on, on Twitter. It's what weird that that didn't action. work. What an impassioned impi- call to Absolutely. action by Jared. Yes. All right. The NCAA tournament 
in earnest starts today, guys. I know there's a debate. Does the first four count? Does it not? The first round starts today, um, actually a little under two hours from now, 9.15 Arizona time. Yes, it is a great day to be a sports fan. You guys got your bracket filled out? Yep, got the bracket filled out. All right. Uh, Apparently, Jarrett and I... Made a lot of similar picks. I'm sure we'll get into that at some point today. Okay. Jared, uh, what do you have the Wildcats finishing? All right, we'll get into that later. <laughs> ASU was part of the uh, field of 64 with a major win last night. The Sun Devils beat Nevada, beat up Nevada, 98-73 in their first four game in Dayton, Ohio. Nevada hit a three to get on the board first. They held that lead for 51 seconds, and that would be it. ASU ran out to a double-digit lead like three minutes in and just ran it up from there. Uh, The Sun Devils shot 64% from the field, 52% from three. DJ Horn led ASU with 20 points. Desmond Cambridge Jr. had 17 points. And after the game, the head coach, Bobby Hurley, called it the team's best offensive performance of the season. After watching all of ASU's season, including last night's game, Do you think that ASU showed last night that they are the real deal? Or are you not banking on a repeat performance? Was this an outlier? They're not going to repeat what they did last night. There's, I mean, 63%. That's like... That's like Villanova against Georgetown type performance shooting wise. Yeah, sixty four. Except that was eighty eight percent. Yeah, it's going to it's going to come back to the mean to a certain degree. But you know, they they if they have a decent offensive game, they can make some noise. I you know I, I'm not expecting a deep run. I'll say that. Okay. I, I, my thoughts on this are are as follows. There have been times very very self contained um, short periods of times when ASU's looked like a legit Sweet Sixteen kind of team. Never more so than the first half last night. But as I told Vinny, normally in a game like that, a 25-point lead, I'm going to bed. I'm right. conserving my... I couldn't because it's yes. ASU. Uh-huh. Yeah. I felt the same way. I could not do it because it just... You don't you don't know what's around the corner with this basketball team. And, and so I don't know where this thing is going, but but they've got, some, they've got something that when harnessed is really, really good. This mm-hmm. Des Cambridge kid, if he can get on a Glenn Rice kind of tournament roll, <laughs> look it up. Google it. <laughs> if he can get on the kind of role that sometimes great offensive players do in the NCAA tournaments, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm picking them to upset TCU. Ooh, okay, that was Ooh. my next question. I don't know if you guys saw this from The Athletic earlier this week. I think it was maybe two days ago. The Athletic put out a list of the 10 most likely upsets in the first round of the tournament based on The Athletic's statistical model. Top 10 list, ASU over TCU came in at number 8 on the list with a 23.6% chance of ASU pulling off the win. Mm. Now, granted, this list came out before last night's game. Yeah. So you have to wonder if those numbers would change. I'd like to see what that looked like today. Yeah. 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 So gut feeling about tomorrow's game against TCU. Are we predicting a win? I am. Bick says yes. What about you, Vince? Uh, Yeah, I I did it on my bracket, so I'll, I'll stick with it. Okay. Your heart doesn't necessarily believe it, but it would like to? I would like to. Okay. But my heart's a jerk. Yeah, we know. <laughs> ASU, or Vince, rather. you got to start believing in your team. I picked your team to win yesterday, and you didn't even. 
I picked did him you? to win yesterday. Oh, I didn't believe it. Yeah. Okay, oh. fair enough. Uh, I think I did. I don't did know. Did you? What day is today? <laughs> it's Thursday. It's Thursday in March, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, U of A plays its first round game today, by the way, against Princeton. It's a uh, two seed versus a 15 seed. They tip off at 110 Arizona time. That's going to be on TNT. Uh, great day to be a sports fan, by the way. You don't even really have to be a basketball fan to be into a day like today. But I want to know, guys, what to you is the best sports day of the year? Oh, ha, 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 ha. the Top best, the. the best singular. When you're doing uh, the radio show, Bickley and Murata mornings every day is the greatest sports day of the year. This is the greatest show. <laughs> uh, I unequivocally would have said uh, in my earlier life that this is the best day. It's the Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament. I don't know if I feel that way, the, the same anymore. The opening day of NFL is pretty cool. But this, this is think- still up there. Yeah, I I'm kind of partial to the the NFL the NFL quarterfinals. Would it be not the, the not divisional the round games? The divisional okay. round. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Wild card, then divisional, then yeah, the divisional. Because you get the, the three games in each conference the, at this point, and they're all really good. good yeah, exactly. Games. Although they sucked this year, the wild card weekend that's true. was way better. <laughs> that is that is very true. Uh, Jarrett, do you have a favorite? This, these two game? these two days. Yeah. Are my, I mean, Thursday and Friday are essentially the same one day. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, it all it all bleeds but, together. Yes, in in college, I we went to Las Vegas. Yeah, I just spent twelve hours. Yeah, so I, today's. I think Jared is right. If you make the correct provisions, work wise or school wise, and really just. Soak yourself into this. Lean into it. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I was such a college basketball dork back in the day that, that me and, what a, bu- a, dork. Me and what a buddy a- of mine, we uh, drove to Indianapolis and stayed in a hotel, even though we did not have tickets for the Final Four, which was in Indianapolis. We mm-hmm. just wanted to be on site. So I guess that's not that weird. But no. We're, but we're in a hotel on the 48th floor. We've got like beers and we're watching college basketball and the fire alarm goes off. It's the middle. It's March. It's freezing in Indianapolis. We had a trudge down four. 48 floors to leave because of a fire alarm, and we ended up missing one of the semifinals. Yeah, it was not... I don't even know what my point is. My point is is that there was a time when this, this, what we're in right now, meant everything yeah. to me. Yeah. It's still great. Everything. For me, it's less anticipation in the lead up, but once the day is here, you're like, oh, yeah. I remember why I love this. The separation between the greatness of this event and where college basketball is the rest of the year has yeah. never been wider, in my opinion. Totally. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, the NBA quickly, because the Phoenix Suns play tonight also. They do? Pretty important. They do. Uh, they host the Orlando Magic at 7 o'clock at Footprint Center, and as the guys always do on Wednesdays, Burns and Gambo talked with Suns GM and President of Basketball Operations, James Jones, yesterday, and they asked him what he has learned about his team during their current three-game losing streak. We've, we've done some good things. Um, three games and four nights is tough, um, but when you're playing the opponents that we've, we've played, um, you know, you wish you could come out with a couple wins, but, you know, we'll just have to focus on Orlando tomorrow and, you know, every day 
um, every day that uh, we play, we get closer to the end of the season. So we just want to find a way to play our best basketball soon. All right. The Magic are not one of the best teams um, in the NBA. In fact, they are one of the worst. How important is it for the Suns' psyche and confidence to win tonight's game and snap their three-game losing streak? What kind question. of weight do you put it, on this game? It, more, more so than you would have thought if you'd have looked at this schedule a couple months ago. I think for every reason you just said that this is a this is a very important game. Just a win to, to kind of give them another victory, to give them a little more time to just kind of roll through this timetable that they're on. I think it's very important, to be honest. Because as Vinny pointed out, you lose this game tonight. Ooh, Ooh boy. Yeah, I think there's two levels of importance of this, and I agree with Vic. It is an important game. You mentioned the psychological aspects to it. Yes, it's big there, but it's also very big in the standings. That's true, yeah. Uh, the, the stretch, these last 13 games for the Suns, 11 of these teams are still fighting for the playoffs, and Orlando still kind of is. Um, the only gimme they should have is San Antonio, and they're actually playing better. You have to win as many of these games as you can. So this is, especially on the heels of a three-game losing streak, uh, this is non-negotiable. you got to win tonight if you're the Suns. Mm-hmm. So they've got the Magic tonight and then three games on the road. Sunday at Oklahoma City, next mm-hmm. Wednesday at the Lakers, and then next Friday at the Kings. So, yeah, we're, we're getting down to the wire here. 13 regular season games left. Yes, it is the wire, no doubt about it. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Let's you, Sarah. Reboot every morning at 7.30. The tip-off to the Madness starts in just a couple hours, and you still have your shot at the grand prize, $1,000 in tickets to next year's tournament. Just text BUCKS to 62620. Get entered into the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Once again, that's Bucks to 620-620. We will shift gears. We'll talk some football. Mike Sando from The Athletic joins us next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Pitley and Murata Mornings. At this point, as I sit here, you know, I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. That's Aaron Rodgers yesterday on the Pat McAfee Show, making his intentions clear. When will these intentions become reality? Here to talk about that and the rest of the NFL. Mike Sando from The Athletic joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Mike, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. Hello, Mike. The intentions are there for Aaron Rodgers. We think the intentions are there for the New York Jets. Everything takes long these days, especially when Aaron Rodgers is involved. When can we expect this to go down? I mean, it's a great question. I would think that it needs to happen in the next... Wouldn't you think it's got to happen sooner than later? I mean, people are talking about it could wait to the draft and all that. I just... I would think that if you got this far down the road... um, you know that it there's not going to be some big switcheroo type thing where you can't get the deal done it just it seems like a delicate situation you know where the packers obviously weren't willing to take the lead publicly until and rogers was so um i i don't think anyone knows when it's going to get done but i would sure think uh for everybody involved wouldn't you think sometime in the next week or so they yeah, hammer this thing out yeah and you know people are talking about how uh, oh, the Packers have the Jets over a barrel now. Rodgers, you know, took away the the leverage from the Jets. Well, they do, but I mean, the Packers need to handle this the right way too, right? I mean, at a certain point, they can't be the ones just holding it up to, when everyone knows they're the ones who put the ball in motion by drafting Jordan Love in the first place. That's so, a really good point. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, at a certain point, Rogers, as long as he doesn't just, I know people roll their eyes at Rogers, and I, I have too at times with some of this stuff's over the top, but he's a great player who's a franchise icon, and he's not entirely out of line to me to, to, play it the way he played it yesterday um and then you know the if it the, the Packers can become the bad guy real quick if they're perceived to be holding it up, you know? Yeah, I'm really curious about your thoughts on this because you, you, not only do you know the sport incredibly well, but you, you've spent a lot of time in the NFC West. You have a lot of institutional knowledge about this division. So when you look at the Arizona Cardinals here, so we've got this really damning report from the NFLPA that paints the Cardinals in a real miserly light, and there's that. And then you've got an offseason that has been very, very quiet for the Cardinals. They've lost a couple of kids in Zach. Allen and Byron Murphy Jr. that people are wondering, okay, if you're not going to extend them, who are we going to pay here? Uh, from your vantage point, are the card, should Cardinal fans be worried about what's coming in the future, or is there a bill to be paid for the past few years when they basically were just throwing stuff at the wall trying to hang on to a winning team? Yeah, yeah I, I, I do think it's a, a reset with a longer-term outlook. And in the past, you know, here for a while, with with some good reason, you know, they they felt like they were closer. They were, uh, you know, patching here or there, and always in that kind of mid-priced veteran fill your roster, you know, spackle the wall type thing, right? You know, we got a hole over here to spackle it up. I think now some walls are coming down, and there's a little bit of a redesign, a remodel, a little bit of a reset. Uh, obviously, Kyler Murray's timeline is he's not immediately going to be at his best when he does start playing, right? So this feels to me like, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of an organizational reset uh, for them. Those things in the PA survey, um, I think it's great that that stuff comes out, even though it's a, let's face it, it's not a scientific survey. There's flaws you could pick with the methodology. But I think it's great to have the accountability. Um, some of these, some of for some of these teams, it really just comes down to how new is your facility. Yeah, uh, that, that's a huge thing. Most of the teams that did really well in some of those areas have new facilities. So, uh, you know, a lot of people came into this league now with billions of dollars from other businesses. That's not the Cardinals and some of these other teams. Very true. Uh, and so, you know, that's a little bit of not an excuse, but maybe a little bit of a reason. And there should be maybe pressure on them to, uh, you know, especially they've been sensitive to being cast that way. Um, you know, now's an opportunity to maybe, you know, dig out of some of that stuff when their people are criticizing your weight room and those types of things. Mike Zando from the Athletic, senior NFL writer, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Um, you know, we've we've talked to you over the years, and and one of the things that always stands out when we talk to me, and I think it stands out to Bick too, Mike, is the the pieces you put together with the contacts that you have in the league, in front offices and coaching staffs. And I'm, I'm wondering early on with with Jonathan Gannon now in place as the head coach, a young, inexperienced head coach. And the staff that he's put together is so young. Have you gleaned anything from from your contacts around the league in terms of reaction to such a green, young coaching staff? Uh, and and you know, if so, what has that reaction been? I haven't. It has not been a situation where I've heard people mocking it or that sort of a thing. Um, I think the the coaches are generally they hired are generally well regarded. But that that youth thing to me. Um, you know, it, it is a real factor until proven otherwise. And I think the example last year was Denver. That's the worst case scenario of it, right? I think some of those coaches in Denver, really good coaches. I think Nathaniel Hackett is not an idiot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but 
they uh, it's hard the stuff's hard to do and you know that was a situation with a a young i think uh, or a, a lesser experienced uh, in some ways uh, head coach trying to manage a tricky quarterback situation where the quarterback is kind of bigger than the team and, and not playing as well up to par. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, Arizona's got some tricky quarterback things to handle too. Yes. So um, I think it just remains to be seen, right? I mean, it is definitely something you've got to note. They are a young staff. It doesn't mean you can't be a great staff. We've seen young coaches. Sean McVay came in. Young coach. Did a great job. So you have to leave open and the possibility that it goes really well, too. I just think from looking at it that the first year is not the one I'm going to be judging because I I think it is a different feel and vibe to the whole situation than it's been in the past, and that starts with the GM hire, too. Yeah, and I think that is definitely necessary. All right, uh, if Aaron Rodgers does go off to the Jets, that's one less great quarterback in the NFC. There's a feeling here that at one point in time, the NFC West was going to be a gauntlet between four powerhouses. I don't know what to expect from the Rams and or the Cardinals, and I think the Seahawks think they're in the game, but where are the 49ers in your mind, a team that is doing and making these strides without even having that franchise quarterback piece in place as of yet yeah I think they're in great shape you know with, with their roster and then you know pretty good news uh, on their quarterback shoulders or elbow surgery the other day it's not going to be you know the really long rehab so uh, you know some concerns there at the quarterback position I think still I probably would have advocated you know being in the mix for one of the veterans or or con, you know considering trying to do something with Aaron Rodgers maybe the Packers wouldn't do that uh, you know maybe being in on a Tom Brady type of thing that kind of would have appealed to me but you know they've shown an ability to be in that championship game anyway and they do like uh, who they have on the roster mm-hmm. if they can be healthy so i think they're the clear favorite to to win the division and and you know the cardinals and the rams look like they're in some kind of transition and seattle's probably uh you know a little bit like they were last season but but going to be be, you know, a notch better, I'm sure, on defense. I think they'll get their defense to be a little bit better. Mike, uh, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for th- taking some time with us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank appreciate you, Mike man. Sando from The Athletic. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, 8 o'clock hour arrives in style. The Bickley Blast Fire! will be delivered by my man Bick next. It's Bickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.